Hello heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm Tracy Barnett, your host and narrator. Heroes, we are into part three of our Firebrand series, and I love how the characters have developed over the course of this entire series. I love the directions that they took the story this episode, and I absolutely love some of the roleplay that came out of it. So, without any further ado, let's get to the show. Um, okay. I'm going to request a quick restroom break, actually, if, if that's okay. That with sounds everybody. great. Yeah. Let's um, do that. Leave your recordings running. Just mute mics. Okay. And see you soon. Yeah, a quick bathroom break would be a very funny mini game for this. Eric, I, I caught that joke. My Thank mic you. was muted, but I really need it needed to be acknowledged. I don't know about the whole picking your partner part of it, but <laughs> it's like one of those uh, tandem toilets at the yeah. Russian Olympics. <laughs> Let's continue our game here. And I think I would like to conduct a chase. And I can't think of anyone more fun to chase in this group than Moz at this point. <laughs> um, oh, terrifying. Yeah. And I, yeah, so I'm going to say that I am the hunter, Moz, you are the quarry. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you. How did this chase come about? Why am I chasing you? I think I've ventured outside to, I think I, I'm going to take up my siblings on their suggestion that I go find some uppers or something to like uh, boost my mood. So I think I'm sniffing around in parts of town that I don't usually go to. Hmm. Maybe I'm... You look suspicious doing this? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think I'm very good when I'm not in my mech. I think I look awkward doing about just about anything. Where Excellent. would you be? Is there like a bar that um that you hang think, out in? Yeah, I kind of think I am literally here to no muss, no fuss, put down insurrectionist leaders. Okay. Um I sort of walk this place like a shadow. And when people find themselves alone, I execute them. And it's again, like those gloves that formed into that long spike, like I, it's just that very quickly. And then, you know, walking away on my hovery robot legs uh, where I don't even leave footprints. And it makes sense to me that Moss not really knowing their way around here, like just turns down the wrong alley and sees an absolutely brutal execution. And then like this Mm -hmm. figure in this hooded habit, like turns towards you and there's like a glint beneath the hood. And then suddenly you're being chased. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) And I think I think Moz is really into the the whole aesthetic of D'Artagnan, and it thoroughly uh, chills them to their bones. <laughs> so I'm just gonna book it. 
Oh yeah. I, I like that at first it's like, Oh my God, it's this horrifying hooded figure uh, chasing me. That's awful. And then like the wind like draws back the habit and you see D'Artagnan's like feral kind of like ex executioner gremlin face beneath that and go, Oh wow. D'Artagnan looks really cool. Terrifying. Even worse. It's worse than being chased by a faceless monster. It's mm -hmm. a monster with a face. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Super fun. During the chase, anyone may ask anyone for details about the landscape, what's ahead, what's behind and what course the hunt might take. To conduct the chase, the quarry conducts the chase. First, say where you're going. Lead the hunter through a series of four challenges and admissions. Choose freely, except the third one must be an admission. During the chase, you and the hunter gain coins, representing the distance you're each able to gain on the other. It sounds like we're not in mobile frames right now. Um, so, Jess, I'll turn it over to you. Challenges or admissions? And I believe challenges are generally good for you and admissions are generally good for me. Ah, uh, I see. Okay. This is a city chase? Yes. Yeah, it's a city chase, but we can also acknowledge that like, because this planet's unique feature is its unique biology, there might be like jungle or other sort of like flora, like growing through it. It might be technology trees. Really, the sky's mm. the limit on this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, I lead a dizzying course through switchback and blind. Follow me if you want, but throw. On tails, you're lost and won't be able to find your own way back. So I think I'm going to try and lose you in sort of the maze of the streets. I don't really know them that well. I'm just kind of uh, going by instinct. Yeah, I mean, there's no way that he's not following. He's mm -hmm. going to follow. So I, I do <laughs> have to throw here. Um, I guess Evans is going to be good for me i'll be able to find my way back and odds will be bad for me i won't be able to find my way back and i get a one bad for me won't be able to find my way back you me um, both you me both are 10 <laughs> <laughs> yeah what i think this place bantresh it's something that will establish about it uh, we have these like warrior houses right so we know that conflict existed here before there were even resources that people anywhere else in the universe cared about. So I think this is like kind of a mobile suit bombed out part of the city mm -hmm. where buildings have been pushed over and like the nature has like swallowed it. And the reason that there is so much like crime and shady dealings here is like, it is really easy to lose someone or get lost here. Um, you know, you can fade away into the bush and nobody will find you. And there are all these pockets uh, where, you know, buildings and signs of uh, organized city uh, used to be. Can I also add something? Of the course. streets were built with inventory in mind so that there's a lot of T-sections. So there's not like... If you're attacking with infantry, there's a lot of movement that you have to do. There's So you're going to get tired as you move through the city. So the city isn't built on a grid. It's built purposefully to be tough to navigate as a human because Very you never cool. know when infantry is going to run towards your castle. Yeah. Yeah. So 
I and I think what I am learning about D'Artagnan here, D'Artagnan is so goal oriented and mission focused that he does not see the larger picture a lot of the times. He depends on his superiors to have an idea of what the larger picture is. So he made the decision not to lose your tail. And unwittingly, that also means he made the decision that he is not going to be able to get back by normal means and may indeed need to rely upon you to get back. Mm -hmm. Um, which is not great for him. Uh, so yeah, there's the challenge. What's next? Okay, I think I'm going to change my mind and say that I do know this area well because I think this is kind of like a a gloomy place that I like to come and contemplate goth shit um, because it's overgrown and uh, no one lives here. Yeah, it's kind of a a, a graveyard. There are rusted out mobile frames that are <laughs> impaled by buildings and stuff. And I'm just, I love that shit. I'm all over it. I'm, um, I really soak it in. So I think I'm leading you through all these ruins and, and maybe even taunting you at a certain point. Um, <laughs> saying something like, you know, D'Artagnan, D'Artagnan, you don't know your way around here. You're not from here. Are you lost? <laughs> maybe you want to turn around. Maybe you should think twice. Yeah. I think the thing that makes your, like the hair on your neck stand on end is like you issue this and like, you've clearly been leading this chase, you know, D'Artagnan has uh, been like moving very quickly. And the thing I think that you notice about the way D'Artagnan moves is that on straightaways, like he moves with purpose and swiftness, but when he has to turn, and there have been many like tangles and turns and switchbacks on this route, like he loses ground because he's moving forward with such momentum and such focus and power that it is very difficult for him to pivot. So he'll like smash walls behind you. He'll like impale different structures and, and cut through uh, branches and whatnot. But like you are able to make up that ground and you issue this taunt and like, I think it's at a moment where he's like having to pull his spike, his hand spike out of the wall. And you're like, clearly I've mm. led this chase. Like this, this can't continue. And like, you know, he turns to you and you're like, okay, well, this is the point where clearly this person is now going to give up and we can move our separate ways and we'll be fine. And you know that he's heard you. And he makes eye contact with you and you in his eyes, like you can see now that D'Artagnan also has artificial eyes and the glint that you noticed between his hood earlier is these eyes and like looking into his eyes is not looking like looking into the eyes of a person. It's like looking into the eyes of a mobile frame. And although he has heard you, and although the logic would clearly be to give up, to let you go, he starts running towards you again. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, okay. I think I am incredibly spooked by this, and I decide to use the terrain to my advantage. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to 
press through a thorny briar. Follow me if you want, but throw. On tails are tangled and torn and must extract yourself. And I gain a coin. And I think the thorny briar isn't um, like overgrown bushes. I think it's like a part of a mech that where the electricity is like still flowing through the wires and it's just like very dangerous to get through there. It's like a tangle of, of nasty wires and electricity and uh, water and all kinds of stuff. But I've been in there a bunch of times. I'm tiny and I just kind of slip through and see if you'll come charging right in after me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. On tails, you're tangled and torn and must extract yourself. Okay. So I will once again throw because he's definitely going to follow you in. Uh, this is a six that is even. So that's going to be a heads. What happens? Like you move in and you take like a, you, you've got a big lead because like there are a lot of like turns and changes before this. You move into like a fairly secure position. If you don't know specifically how to walk through this place, you're in a heap of trouble because like, like you said, there is electricity here. Mm. There are unstable platforms here. Everything about this is real lethal danger. And you have maneuvered yourself, I think, to a place that is like high up where you can like look down and you see D'Artagnan round the corner, like he'll do a sweep and then locate you and you can see those glowing eyes again. And like, although you can feel like your heart thumping in your chest as you watch D'Artagnan survey, you're like, he would have to know a back way. He would have to know a hidden path. There's, there's no way, there's no direct route. D'Artagnan moves forward. And like, I think there is a moment like where he's moving forward to an area that like has this high voltage electricity. So you're like, oh my God, I'm about to watch somebody move through high voltage electricity and die. And I think you wince a little bit and D'Artagnan has not broken eye contact with you this entire time. And seeing you wince, he leaps and like lodges an arm into a wall and sails like right over the electricity and then starts hopping from like fixture to fixture. Some of them falling out beneath him after he jumps off on his way up, just like sticking himself into the fixtures and leaping off of them like a comet moving from thing to thing. <laughs> and it is very clear that he is just going to ascend this entire rusted out mech structure very, very quickly. And you have to keep moving. I, I think I'm going to just let out a little Muppet. <laughs> and then um, start crawling along the wall to try and find a, a window or a hole that I can escape through. And then... Okay. And this is the third, so this must be an admission. Mm -hmm. I slip on treacherous ground and scramble to keep my footing. Throw on heads you slide to overtake me, and so gain two coins. All right. I throw, and it is tails. Um, so I do not overtake you on this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I think maybe I'm a little more spry than you expect me to be. Um, mm -hmm. because I have such a like slouching demeanor, um, but I'm actually very fast when I put my mind to it. I can, I can be a good fighter and, a um, I can be quick. So I think, uh, I've realized that my life is definitely in danger. 
just as you're about to plunge into me, I pull myself yeah. up onto the next level and swing away. I, I, I think what it is actually is that D'Artagnan, like you have been looking at D'Artagnan as though he is like this uncaged animal mm. that cannot stop but charge. But he navigates you onto like this platform in this crumbling bombed out building that was right next to that uh, massive mech wreckage. And you like turn to an area where there's no more ground ahead of you to run. And like we, we say the ground is unstable. Um, I think like D'Artagnan like comes to the threshold of this. He sees you and you're like, well, if he rushes at me, like this is going to collapse. Like there's going to be mm. another way out. D'Artagnan like sees you. And again, I think sees like traces of the relief that like enters your face um, as you feel like you've got an upper hand in the chase. Then he takes his hand and plunges it into the unsteady ground uh, to crack it beneath you. And it's like D'Artagnan is like giving you this, this feral but cold look of like, I've won. Mm. And that's when you show your hand of you kind of instinctually, like very quickly scramble up to the next level above evading d'artagnan and like he kind of pulls up and like looks along the path where like he and the programs in his eyes are estimating you might be running and uh realizes that he has underestimated you as well mm. number four we each have one coin <laughs> <laughs> i come to a dangerous climb or leap and i hesitate stealing myself throw on heads you race up behind me and so gain two coins. All right. That is Tails. You win this one. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think he rushes behind you. Um, and you can feel like you can hear the very quick, like uh smashing tink of his legs, like crushing the ground beneath him as he moves forward very, very quickly. I think also he's got that spike, like scraping and sparking against the mm. wall of this dark hallway as he's moving towards you with those eyes that they got to have Acura style light trails um, <laughs> as, as they're moving through the darkness. If they don't, I'm imagining to happen. them. Yeah. Mm hmm. And he does what you have known him to do this entire chase, which is lunge forward at you towards you. And you've navigated him to this ledge. So uh, we are now at ending the chase where uh, we compare coins. Let's see. Uh, if the quarry has more coins than the hunter, uh, you may break away and escape. If the hunter has as many coins or more, um, choose one. So, so I, I have more coins than you, right? I, I, so yeah, I guess if you are, um, I guess or, if the, the, like, I, I don't know with the admissions, it doesn't seem like you get coins. You rush to overtake me and so gain two coins, huh? Right. So, does that mean that if you win that toss, then, well, that's that's coins. what I'm uh, okay. Mm -hmm. So other other games folks looking at the wording of those, it's either Jess has way more coins than me, mm -hmm. or we are even at one coin, and it's a question of whether or not the admissions grant coins to 
the quarry after they're resolved. Cause like, I feel like the wording of those might indicate that the quarry does not gain coins if they win that toss. I think you're tied. But I'm not 100% on that. Mm. Yeah, I think you're tied. Mm. There's only a couple in the challenges that give coins to the quarry. Mm. And Jess did one and got that coin. But, oh, wait. How did you get a coin, James? I It was the coin that I think I won in the challenges. It was... Thorny Briar. Oh, but yeah, I guess I, I did win that throw, but I, I don't think I got a coin from that throw. So I think Jess actually. Yeah, I think uh, Jess. So then Jess has yeah. two okay. coins, I guess. Whew. All right. Whew. That was close. <laughs> okay. All right. So then, yeah, if you have more uh, coins than the hunter, you break away and escape. Jess, describe how you break away and escape. Uh, so I think I've led you to this corner that I know you, you won't be able to traverse. And I sort of do a little acrobatic flip uh, off of a beam hanging out of the building and land on a on the level below and then hit the ground from there. And then I look up at you and you're kind of doing like a, you know, Batman pose up on the building. You're <laughs> in the moonlight, you know, fabric billowing in the wind. And I just do it like a little, huh, like a little teen wave. <laughs> And then I run away into the darkness. Yeah, I think um, like as you are running into the darkness, the spike on the hand like retracts into fingers. And uh, there's just this moment where with these, I think like orangey gold glowing artificial eyes, he'll wave back like just with a like very slow and kind <laughs> of almost robotic wave. <laughs> and that's our chase. I think as I'm making my way like into the dark, I'll just be wiping the sweat from my brow and going, I think I'm in love. <laughs> <laughs> Dear diary. Dear diary. My siblings were so right. I really do have to get out more. <laughs> Fighting is cool and good. And when your life is in danger, it's even better. <laughs> Um, I, if, if y'all are wrapped up your, ch uh, your chase, um, I, I'd really like to do the conversation over food. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, I don't know, I'm in, I'm interested in whoever would want to be a part of this scene. Uh, it looks like we need at least two, but I think we can have, yeah, it seems like as many people as want to join can get in. Does anyone want to get in on this? Yeah, Basically. I want to get in on on this mm -hmm. meal. <laughs> I, um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to eat, but I just like mostly just want to eat. <laughs> I want to be there eating, so like very low key. <laughs> You're just under the table. A hand comes up. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be there too somehow. Yeah, sounds good. Qatar, you in? Yeah. Yeah, sure. let's do it. Great. Hello, heroes, and welcome to the mid-roll. Heroes, this is the last days of the Patreon drive for the OneShot Podcast Network. We have one more event coming up on Tuesday. We are streaming on Twitch live at 7 p.m. Eastern with 
to Jeff, to Tyler, with Jeff, Jeff, Tyler Davis, and Tyler Samples. Now, I don't know what they have planned, but with a title like that, you know that they have some, some shenanigans getting ready to go. So, head over to twitch.tv slash oneshotrpg and check that out. Also, if you have not already, it is very important that you support the OneShot Patreon. It is the backbone of how we run this network and honestly, we are not as close to our goals as we would like. We have crossed the $7,000 threshold, which is awesome. But there is a lot more that we can do with a lot more support. So please, head to patreon.com slash one-shot-rpg, find a tier that works for you, and throw us your support. Thanks, heroes. Now, with all that out of the way, let's get back to the show. Okay, so then we're at some kind of banquet, mm-hmm. um, and I have no idea why the five of us have been seated together. Alex, 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 it's a wedding, yes, and we were oh all put at the God. same table. <laughs> <laughs> we're all the distant cousins of these. <laughs> it's been traced back. Know. Just organize tables by who wants to kill each other. It's simple. It's mm-hmm. worked forever. That's how we do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, amazing. Yeah. Let's, um, be at the wedding of someone who none of us care a thing about, um, like this is, you know, you know, you've been at that wedding. Um, so we're <laughs> the like chancellor the exchequer. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the, one of the, one of several hundred VPs of finance of the dogma corporation <laughs> is marrying another one. Um, and we are all seated at the same table. It would be rude to go anywhere else. Fantastic stuff. Okay. Uh, so the first question that we can all ask is like, what? Do, well, the general setup question is, what do you notice about each other and what have you heard? And then starting with the person with the lowest social standing, um, you just ask a topical question. Uh, oh, sorry. You ask a topical question, engage in an actual improvised conversation, pass instead saying something about the food. So Francois, this is like truly made with you in mind um, or leave the conversation. And that doesn't have to end the whole scene. Um, right. Yeah. When everyone has left the conversation or everyone has passed in a row, um, then our convo is over. Lowest social status. Um, Muzzle. It's it's mausoleum, I think. Yeah. Mausoleum, we're at a wedding. I, I, I could... It, now, Jess, if you want to be low social status, you are welcome to it. But I could also make an argument that it is D'Artagnan because he is just a ace mech pilot employed by a corporation. Mm. And as we have learned in the dance, he is not even like the authoritative like mech pilot. So yeah. you being like, you know, part of this family structure on on this planet like could mean that you have technically higher social statuses i'm just a hired gun or if you as a sullen teen would prefer to be the lowest social status always and forever you are welcome to that <laughs> uh i mean i i, I think Moz is like resigned to that in their like sort of depressed way but i think that um i, th- I think that's a good argument uh, yeah. Because I think uh, my family has definitely uh, groomed me to believe that no one but us is important here. So, right, and this is a house wedding, so it would make sense that Mausoleum would have at least more than a landowner. 
Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, then Moz, I gotta ask you a topical question and it's, I hope you don't bring up that I tried to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to like stare at you and sip my drink and say, where's the fun in that? (laughs) So, okay. Then we are looking at each other across the table and like, I think I regard you curiously, like you feel my eyes on you before like you actually look over. And like, there is, I I don't ask the question out loud. There is just like a tiny like pulse flicker of the light behind my eyes. You do the little wave. You do the little wave. Or do I do the wave? Oh, that's (laughs) better. (laughs) I do the wave. Yeah, I'm going to do the wave right back at you. God. Oh, that rips. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> okay. Um, so does the question go to me then, or does it just go to anyone else who has a, another question to ask? I think it's anybody. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's anybody. These sausages are divine. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to try them. Like, everyone just take one. I'm start passing the plate around. <laughs> everyone take one everyone take one we're all gonna eat one at the same time okay <laughs> i want to get d'artagnan's attention mm-hmm. because at the start of this game i did not realize how much you have been augmented and that affects Katard a lot because he's also been augmented a lot by fighting he his augmentations were not by choice. He does not know if D'Artagnan's were by choice. So I hope to come to to find a common ground with you about the changes that the that have happened to our bodies because of this war. Mm-hmm. Is there any? So he's going to like say like um, put his sleeve up or whatever and just rest that big metal arm on the table and make some some through through making some comment about the wedding and the future and stuff like that and saying that like oh they donated you know x number of money to this from this wedding to the um to the other houses to fight they've given a lot to this war to this fighting excuse me some of us have given a lot a lot more and he like tries to make eyes with you to to try to yeah, D'Artagnan, D'Artagnan sees that, and I'll point out that D'Artagnan's dress, or the way D'Artagnan dresses for this event is very different. This is not a corporate-sponsored, we're threatening our enemies event. This is, uh, I am attending the wedding of a VP of finance to another VP of finance. So he is wearing, you know, the the black suit that like a priest would wear, kind of like off-duty. Um, he's got that collar but it is a gold collar. Uh, but otherwise it's like this very plain, unassuming black suit. And he, I think he's your, leg, your legs be, are like that for always, right? The, yes. Legs are like okay. that for, for always. I mean, like, I, I think he's wearing a black suit and like, there's a more normal, or, or I don't want to say normal. There is a more uh, like human bipedal walking mode of like okay. front forward knees that you can do. It's, I think in all other contexts you see him, he has got these like reverse joints on. Um, so clearly he has a preference, but for a wedding, he's not going to make a scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's he's going to meet you halfway here. He will like 
place his uh, one of his hands down on the table and goes, I did give this one on my first mission. I simply wasn't fast enough. Then he he like puts out his other hand. I gave this one on my second mission because I realized I would never be fast enough. And so I chose something faster. He considers that and then points to, he's got this like scar across his mouth that like gives him almost like this permanent sneer. And he points to that, like touching it. And he says, uh, he names some battle from the past and says, I got this because I made a wrong decision. And then like there's a scar going down his head. He's like, and I got this because I made a wrong decision. And he just keeps pointing to parts of him, pointing out that he regrets them. Scars Atre- stay with you a long time. Atreus of Marketing once said that there is no such thing as a wrong decision. There are merely new opportunities to sell oneself. Okay. Um, his left ear is like completely gone. Mm-hmm. There's just like nothing there. It's like burned off. And he says, uh, in the heat of battle, some people are left deaf in one ear and some people are left deaf in both ears. And he turns away and ends the conversation. It is clearly, <laughs> there is no allies to be gained there. He has decided. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this is, that is a war machine. God, the worst wedding table ever. <laughs> that, silence, that silence was all in character of all of us. <laughs> Eventually, the, the the guy with the camera and the mic is going to come by and be like, say something about the couple. <laughs> they have excellent taste in champagne. <laughs> There's a sausage in the champagne. And swap. <laughs> Oh, I want to ask someone, I'm feeling expansive. What do you want to know about me? I'm going to ask this of Mausoleum because we've barely interacted um, besides me getting huffy with you on the dance floor. So let's say that maybe I've been asking you some polite questions about yourself and your family and which kind of opens the door to you asking me something about myself. I think Maz is probably fascinated by... um business religion and just wants to know absolutely everything about it mm-hmm. <laughs> because they mm-hmm. find it both grotesque and fascinating. So I think I'm talking about my family and talking about some of my family traditions and I'm sort of obsessed with my family's weird arcane past and you know hanging out in the library a lot reading about my my lineage and and all the stuff they did on this planet and we definitely have some skeletons in the family closet and some, you know, very um, uh, strange traditions. And so I think I'm going to ask you about maybe like just some details about the faith, about... Uh, about dogma? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you don't have to say it word for word. You can just say that like, we're, that you're trying to get into that topic of conversation. Because mm-hmm. I think, I think Philippa is like feeling relatively relaxed and is like, you know, in a social situation, the, the food is excellent. And so she's kind of, you know, how the ways, the way some adults talk to teens where it's like time to give them the gift of the things I think. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, So she, yeah, she can, she just really goes off and she's like, the corporation is the highest form 
of social organization that man can has ever developed. I mean, it's it's incredible. These people come together, and they they themselves form a kind of person, an entity that has its own liability, that's responsible for its own thing, and so everyone is a a part of it and yet there's also something beyond themselves and i mean what what more just way of organizing human interaction than just by determining not by what's in my interest or your interest or what i want or what you want but simply whatever is profitable it's it's a unifying force it's a purifying force do you understand uh and i just have a huge smile on my face and i go absolutely not <laughs> not at all <laughs> <laughs> Alex, you could give me the sign up for a multi-level marketing scheme. It's like, it's, it's, it's <laughs> um, she's like, she's like, I I know you don't understand right now. I think a lot of people come into their their spirituality later in life. But that's that's quite normal. And I I think when you're ready to to really be a part of something, be really connected. To, you know, to something that that means more than just your day-to-day interactions, relationships, and thoughts and feelings or whatever, and just to serve, to, I mean, to serve profit, but ultimately to serve the shareholders. You know, it's a brilliant way of balancing power. No one, it's not about obeying someone's commands or someone's rules, someone's laws, but just the, to, 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 in the interest of the shareholders. And you, uh, there's, that's that sort of char- almost charitable side of it. That's, you know, I can't, I can't think about my own needs. I have to think what's best for, for the people who've invested in this company. And, and it's, it's, it's very freeing. It's very free. Have uh, you ever thought of joining a corporation? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm far too busy with all of my family's um, events. Um, but I would love to look over any pamphlets or reading material if you have them. <laughs> I can absolutely send some things over. Dogma is, Dogma's doors are always open. Phenomenal. Thank you. You're from a noble family. We could move you into a management position right away. That would be <laughs> starting, starting level. <laughs> Beautiful. Amazing. I love it. So, so there's just this little side evangelism going on at the table. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Next. Has anyone not had a turn yet this round? I don't think Jess has. I think I'm going to continue conversation with Philippa and say, um, I do need to come clean about something. I, I have been having a religious experience lately and I've never felt it before. It's very interesting. Uh, I haven't been sleeping much, haven't been eating much. I can't stop thinking about killing D'Artagnan. Thought <laughs> mm. <laughs> you call getting chased by him a religious experience? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, it really opened my eyes. I, I I daydream about it. I I I have nightmares about it. I I really feel like it's giving me new purpose in life. So I think I can kind of understand where you're coming from. I mean, I think killing for individual passion, it's tempting, but it's a slippery slope. Uh, personally, I only kill for profit. Mm-hmm. Oh, fascinating, mm-hmm. fascinating. Mm-hmm. I feel like my family's been trying to motivate me to kill for profit and for our estate, and I just haven't felt passionate about that yet. 
Mm. Or in a very long time. Of course, you want to fight for yourself. You want to fight on your own terms. It makes sense for someone of your age. God, I, I wish listeners that you could hear the condescending glasses work that Alex is doing. <laughs> it's very good. It's very good. Just, just adjusting the frame ever so much. <laughs> An adult talking to a teen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think maybe I just want to like, to just emphasize that, you know, this is probably the first time that you've ever wanted to kill someone. And the feeling is so overwhelming. It's so all consuming, but you, you know, that that's the nature of a sort of first obsession like that. And as you get older, there'll be other people you want to kill. Um, <laughs> and, you know, don't, you don't have to put all your eggs in one basket. I'm just saying, you know, you're still young, keep your options open. <laughs> I did. Ha- I did have a poorly thought out plan. Uh, I did, I did have a, a scheme to kill my grandfather uh, when I was about eight, but, oh, it was just, it was just a mess, you know. I mean, your, fir- your first one's never good. You know, it's like drawing. It's mm-hmm. like, it's, it's uh, composing anything. You just have to be bad at it for a while and then you know, start coming up with something really compelling. Fascinating. <laughs> this is great stuff. I, Moss is having a great time. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. <laughs> Was she given big girl juice in her drink, or? Ooh, I don't, I don't know. What's the drinking age on this planet? <laughs> you can drink champagne because you're of royal blood. Oh yep. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah dude. That, that's a real rule that exists. <laughs> champagne, wine, any fancy dinner yeah. drinker. You can only drink American. scotch that's older than you. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, I know this is your scene, but I wanted to make a suggestion mm-hmm. on how it could possibly end. Go for it. If we're ready to end it. I feel like it's time to ramp up the tensions. And it's kind of dark, but a bomb should go off. Oh, mm. yeah. Yeah. Is that okay? I mean, I'm the guy that did it. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you bombed the... Um uh the the establishment the 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 social club that i was in the other day too right or you're behind it to some degree yeah Yeah. i was gonna ask that question i hope you don't bring it up but i don't think any of you know who i am yet yeah yeah i was actually gonna say that this would be the scene in which me or anyone else who wants to can start to have those suspicions so let's have a question between the two of us kotard and then Okay. That will be interrupted by a bomb going off. And oh, that can be yes. the end of the scene. Oh, yes. Perfect. Perfect. I think, yeah, I think I'm just like, I'm just going to bring up that there is, that there is talk and there are these rumors. I mean, ever since, you know, since, since the bombing of the, of the level four social club that, um, that there might be a traitor in our midst, that there might be someone working for uh, the revolution or the resistance, I forget what it's called, in our midst. And I mean, it's quite a scandalous rumor. If anything comes of it, it's going to change the change the security procedures here. I mean, someone's, someone's heads are going to roll for something like that, letting someone like that in here, some, you know, some dangerous degenerate. And I'd hate to think what's going to happen to them. 
my house is no more. It was destroyed decades ago, maybe even before you were born. The infighting between landowners and Bantresh, this constant two-player game, you steal land, they steal it back, and the people are in the middle. Well, maybe this isn't a two-player game. Maybe there's a third player. I think player's a bit generous, Rampic. I think there's someone who wants to knock over the board. Please. You've had enough champagne. <laughs> yeah, is that Francois like literally popping the cork off of a bottle of champagne? <laughs> <Yeah>. Boom. <laughs> oh, man. We cannot take these people seriously as a political entity. It's it's just chaos. It's like a it's like some sort of disgusting byproduct of the conflict we have with the Bantaresh. I believe you'd call it collateral. Most of my career has been adding up the numbers on collateral damage. And I think I'm done seeing people as numbers. Hmm. Sentimental. I think you'll get you'll find that you'll get that in your old age. I just hope you live to see it. Is that a threat? And can we be interrupted by the bomb at that point? Yeah. 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 Francois? <laughs> <laughs> no, you got it. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Delightful. Oh, my gosh. oh, that was a fun group scene. Thank you, everyone, for this, mm-hmm. this wedding table conversation. The bomb was lit off on my left side, so it wouldn't hurt my good ear. <laughs> <laughs> Always thinking. So have all of us done a scene? All of us have done a scene. I, I feel like going all the way around again would be very long. Um mm-hmm. I, I do think like we are approaching the climax of the game and it does feel like the climax of, of the game is probably going to be a free for all. Mm. Um, but before we hit the free for all, like I would love to see anyone do a stealing time together or a tactical <laughs> skirmish. Um, I was I- I was thinking about doing a stealing time together with D'Artagnan and it mostly being about showing off our bodies to each other. But I think after that, after that conversation, that, that door is closed. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. That's, that's fine. Uh, Actually, I've got, I've got a pitch here. What about D'Artagnan and Francois specifically under we, you set up, Orion, this beautiful like plot thread that I wanted to make sure that we followed up on, which is I was wearing your spies insignia. Um, Oh, yeah. And I think if you had someone on the inside of Dogma, I just like to imagine that like there is a, if it's not a romantic connection, like you are somehow using like sex to you know, get information from that person. So like you have these little trysts with whomever would be inside dogma. And I kind of think 
you show up to a, a like a, a meet a location and my pitch is it's me instead who shows up to that location so it's like i i feel like the whole premise of this is like well i was expecting my spy and now you're here and we navigate through the scene what that actually means oh wow let me think what are these questions may i are all the questions no um we like make our own questions yeah i think i like there are at the back of this there is a thing where the bakers go like, Hey, there are other versions of this that you can read here or there. So like we can frame things however we want. The idea is that stealing time together is a quieter and more intimate moment, uh, which I think can like, I, I think the idea of like two characters kind of sorting out their allegiances through that is interesting, but it's also it's quieter and more intimate. So uh, that might touch into territory that you don't feel for the characters. I don't want to fight. I, well, I guess the free for all is going to be just a really big fight between everybody, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just want to make sure that we have like as much, I mean, Catard and D'Artagnan have like our differing views. Maz and D'Artagnan uh, have our uh, the fact that like I tried to kill them once <laughs> and they can't stop thinking about killing me and you know I've got a professional uh, and deferential relationship with Philippa so I just mm-hmm. want to make sure that we've really clarified what's going on between Francois and D'Artagnan and yeah, we don't do need it. to steal time together to do that we could also like meet uh, sword to sword or something like that but uh, I feel like stealing time together is probably just an easier way to navigate having like the conversation without all the other stuff. Like I feel like just a conversation would be the best like situation, mm-hmm. um, other than having so, to swing a sword at you every turn. Yeah. So so then I uh, like my proposed like how we came to meet each other is you were supposed to meet here with your spy to get information and instead d'artagnan shows up uh the question that i want to know is like where are we um where did you set that meeting for it is in a prostitution house mm-hmm. but it's one of those that's like this is one of the fancy ones where nobles go all the time so that it's not like suspicious yeah uh, and i'm supposed to you can like it's one of those things you can reserve things, you can give people key cards, like you do know, all this stuff so that's very inconspicuous. No one knows who's coming in for who and who's going out for whatever reason. So it's the perfect way to like have like es- meetings of espionage and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, even though all of that stuff is true, Francois comes in through the roof. Ah! Still. <laughs> There's like a skylight area thing. And uh, because Francois has control over the room, the security is off and Francois comes in through the top on like a rope and there's like a light, a dim light and a chair. Uh, Like there's not very much in this room at all. I think, I think the, one of the few things in this room is one of those like folding modesty uh, uh, shields, like, 
room dividers that people change behind um, in old <laughs> situations. So yeah, I think like you can see through the dim light in the room, like there is a flickering movement behind that of somebody changing. But yeah, otherwise it is like this spare room. So I come in through the ceiling, um, through the skylight. <laughs> but I come in through the skylight and uh, I think uh, the person that I'm looking for, their name is Gert. And uh, I start talking as if, like, it's scared me, like, the, your cohorts, Philippa, just very high strung, definitely going to kill me before the end of the week. D'Artagnan, that one, intense, just all in the eyes, that one. And uh, I think emerging from behind this modesty shield, you can see in a shimmering and like somewhat transparent light robe that like moves with the lightest breath of air is an otherwise disrobed d'artagnan um so like you can see uh the where his joints in uh his prosthetics meet his legs uh, and arms very clearly even though it is dim light um, and he'll look across the room to you and say, you have to forgive Philippa. She's under so much stress. Immediately, like, so pulls out a, like a laser gun and just points it at you. And it's like, am I going to fight Gert bloodied in an alleyway, stabbed through the chest somewhere? And I am going to do my first advance here. And that is, I touch your hand may I, as he walks across the room and like very gently and almost sadly, he reaches his fingers out towards your hand holding the gun and says, Francois, you would never find her. Oh, shit. There's like a flash of anger on his face, but then... He lets D'Artagnan push his gun hand down and puts the gun away and then just walks over to the corner. There's a little bar and just starts fixing a drink. Francois says, well, I'm not dead. So what do you want? I simply want the thing that Gert was never able to secure. We can see that you've been playing your games and making your moves. And you've sat between worlds for a very, very long time. I simply need to secure your allegiance to us. Allegiances can be a fickle thing, which is no, why... I really, really can't. Let's see. Well, then, it's time to officially choose a side, then, huh? Francois approaches D'Artagnan and advances... Uh, with, uh, can I touch your hand? May I? Mm -hmm. And you may, but only for a moment. I think as like, as you begin to like make contact, instead, D'Artagnan's hand uh, turns into the point and traces itself down your chest. And like at first, like you, you don't even feel it make contact with uh, your clothing or anything, but you find once it's 
been traced down uh like the buttons on your shirt have like fallen open mm. i need to make sure that you're not gathering your own intelligence mm. is there a wire or anything is there a wire no no wire first of all it doesn't have any recording devices on or anything like that no like future bug landed somewhere and uh it goes well that shirt's ruined and like rips it up (laughs) (laughs) and goes um if i get to choose my exit squad if you will mausoleum and then three of my best knights everyone else you can have do what you will kill them take their land i don't care but five of us we will help you. Oh, I should have done a, lo- I loosened your clothing, may I, on that. I did just sort of brashly rush into that. So D'Artagnan, uh, I- I'm going to go with a, I touch your cheek, may I? You may, but only for a moment, and then I break off into part. And when you touch my cheek, I go, it's much colder than Gertz. You'd be wrong about that. I just need to know, uh, as he like slides his, I think the, the, the needles shifts back into fingertips, but like the fingers are extended. Um, so it's got like kind of this spidery feel, um, and it moves down, uh, to touch your neck and like, you can tell very transparently he's feeling your pulse. I just need to know that if we offer this assurance, your word is bond. Francois is going to raise his hand to the fingers, take a finger and slice it slightly, just like very, a really quick one. And then goes, my word is bond. And then does the cross, like, <laughs> like the, the dogma cross. Uh, <laughs> oh, and I think like with that, uh, uh, his hand will fold back into uh, a, a human-looking hand, and he'll like delicately touch his chest and go. I hope you don't mind me saying, I find the air for dramatic that the Bantresh have to be so compelling. I don't mind, truly. One thing you should know about us, though, is. While we may be allies, even in the houses of Bantresh, we never let a death go unpunished. I'm counting on it. And then Francois is going to jump, <laughs> click their boots, <laughs> and do like a, not like a rocket, but like like a quick, like a gravity jump. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've got gravity out. stuff, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> out through the yeah, skylight. I- I think like the whoosh of the wind like flutters this this <laughs> robe that he's wearing. Um, and like you can see the the orange gold glow of his eyes as you disappear. Dang. Francois dang, goes, dang, dang. goes back, tells Mausoleum, it's like, you have to kill D'Artagnan. <laughs> <laughs> no shirt, bloody cross on the chest. <laughs> she was asleep. <laughs> I wake up out of a dead sleep. wake up. <laughs> Bolt upright. You wake up from a dream about murdering D'Artagnan. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm like sweaty from having a nightmare about murdering D'Artagnan and you're like in the window covered in rain. <laughs> the lightning like strikes and you see my silhouette. <laughs> Outside the window like Lost Novel. Boys. All I say is you have to murder D'Artagnan. <laughs> <laughs> be visited by three spirits. <laughs> no offense, James, but D'Artagnan's a freak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Certified. He's, he's from a, a corporate religious cult. <laughs> That's gonna give you That's, complexes. It's gonna mess you up a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess to say Philippa is surprisingly stable then. <laughs> <laughs> that you've seen. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say, it feels like a pretty thin veneer sometimes. <laughs> it's a there was one that you didn't get to because you weren't in mobile frames but i love how the top one is i open your mobile frames canopy because i could also be such like uh yes. double entendre so <laughs> yeah. this episode of one shot features music from the following artists bloom flower by neon beach this episode of one shot was edited and sound designed by tracy barnett you can find more of their work online anywhere at the other Tracy. That's it for one shot this week, but don't worry, we will be back with the finale of Firebrands next week. As usual, we end one shot with a call to action in Heroes. It is massively important that in the next few days you call your representatives, regardless of party, and ask them, especially in the House, to pass the debt ceiling bill that is going to be floated before them in the next few days. Um, Apparently the vote is going to be on Wednesday. Avoiding defaults on our loans as a country is probably a a really good thing to do. So please take your time, find your reps information, give them a call and encourage them to pass this bill. Uh, The shenanigans that go on with the debt and the debt ceiling are absolutely ridiculous. We shouldn't have to do them. We should not be in this position. And yet here we are. So let's please try and make sure that we are not in this position again. Thanks, heroes. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a production of the OneShot Podcast Network, in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.